Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Right, here we go. Right mishmash this week. Certain suggestions from my guests and one or two that we've put in ourselves for the third consecutive week. We can't get him off the list. It's presenting Percy and the wrong way round school around Galway to help him out. What do you think of that then, Neil Channing? I thought that was hysterical, actually. I mean, if it had been in the UK, I guess I'd have been saying it's a disgrace. You know, why are these courses pandering? <laughs> uh, you know, we've got all these races. We're all moaning that there's not enough runners in the races. And... Uh, you know, courses are busy reversing the way round of their fences in order to help somebody have a secret gallop. Um, I don't know. I did see um, <laughs> the jockey was saying he's never been to the stable before. I don't know whether you saw that. Yes, that was Davey Russell. Davey I'm Russell. Slightly, slightly yeah, skeptical. yeah. I mean, obviously, he does tell a few <laughs> He, like, he likes to pull everyone's plonker from time Yeah, to yeah, time. absolutely. Well, he's getting it ready for the stairs hurdle, isn't he? But uh, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? The whole story's a bit mad. I don't know. I... I'm not hugely keen on it, though. It's the Blue Ribbon event, and I sort of feel like... It's, you know, I'd like to... We've seen more of it on Talking Points presenting person mm. than we have on the track this year. Exactly. Um, Tim, if you were preparing a horse for the Gold Cup, would you be brave enough to go there with one spin over hurdles? Well, I definitely wouldn't. If, if the horse is sound and well, I'd you know, get on and run it, really, and sort of compete at the level you need to compete at like the King George great trials and things like that why exactly they've gone down this route I'm not wholly certain I think from what I've seen it's all to do with the ground being too soft or too firm or whatever it may be so look who can argue he's delivered with this horse and the attempts he's delivered it within the RSA look let's just let the trainer do what he does and, and take his chance when you hear trainers being called geniuses are you somewhat <laughs> skeptical that any trainer can actually be a genius I think it boils down to having a faster horse than all the others in the race. That's, we overcomplicate it. Fast horses win races. The key yeah. to trainers is getting as many good horses and, and performing with them. Don't get me wrong, but there's so many good trainers out there now mm. that, uh, you know, I think if you swap the horse into perhaps 50, 60, 70 yards, it'd still perform. I mean, there clearly are one or two who are very, very good because their record shows it. But there are more good trainers now than there ever were. Uh, exactly. The industry, since since the recession, I thought I think it's sort of the wheat from the chaff, so to speak. And, and now it's a very, very competitive competitive game of there you go there you go you weren't weren't expecting that (laughs) welcome to the program tim vaughan clearly never watched it before Uh, why why should he be very busy man uh cheltenham whips the whip rules are going to tighten up uh for cheltenham charlie uh insofar as that the the ban is going to be more significant for jockeys thereafter if they um if they breach the rules of cheltenham which i think is a good thing i think it's a good thing the welfare piece more generally is a really really important piece that's mm. going on in our industry um, whether it whether it's in government or through the regions and uh, the constituency through the constituency MPs or through those welfare bodies that would like to see the abolition of, of, of horse racing so I certainly think this this is a, this is a good thing I have every confidence having said that mm. that the jockeys will <laughs> go out and ride with with that in mind and I and I and I do think we are seeing Im- improvements in in that in that sphere. When I say it's a good thing, I mean I if you're going to put people in pro whip or anti whip categories, I'm definitely in in the pro whip category insofar as I actually think it's something the BHA has regulated very well in the last few years and I don't think the regulations need tightening. I think the penalties for the winner all costs need mm-hmm. tightening and then I think they'd neatly box it off Tim. Yeah, exactly. Rules are there and they're set, they need to be adhered to it. If if I was on the 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 horse or train the second horse in a race whereby the the winner has used the whip more 
than my jockey has because my jockey stayed within the rules, it would be extremely frustrating. Whether it was a fine or whether it was a suspension for that jockey doesn't give you back your your race at the festival, your race anyway for that matter. Uh, so, you know, I think the balance is probably about right. If you're using the whip too much, it does look a bit barbaric. We don't want to, to give that image out to the to, to, to the country. And I think the BHA have got it right, really. And as you rightly said, we just need to ensure that jockeys do adhere to it. And fair is fair. If one jockey can use it eight times, then so should the other jockey use it eight times. It's amazing how, how we recycle ideas in racing. Because there was a, a situation at the begin, uh, the end of the 90s, I think, where if you if you breached the rules in a big race, you got an automatic ban that was mm. more significant than that away and went away. And now it seems to have come back again. It leads us on to, to harmonisation because this week, Charlie, uh, the French have said that the maximum number of strikes in a race has come down from six to five, whip rules. And Ireland, significantly, for the first ever time, have introduced a number of strokes which will trigger a steward's inquiry, and that number is eight. So it looks as though the nations are starting to move closer together. Listen, I think, I think every racing jurisdiction recognises that, you know, let's not forget, the use of the whip is not a welfare issue, it's a perception issue. And I think all jurisdictions are now recognising that actually, if we want to retain our place in, in society, sporting... Um, hierarchy, if you like, the second most attended sport, <clears throat> then we're going to have to engage the next generation. And the use of the whip and the controlled use of the whip is one element of that perception play piece, if you like, that is going to help us retain that place as an industry. So, yes, harmonisation is a good thing. And generally moving the countries closer together, Tim, has to be the right thing, whether or not you agree with the direction they're moving in. I couldn't agree more. At the end of the day, <clears throat> our jockeys are riding in all three of those countries that, you know, that we want to bring together. It's, we are strong as a sport, uh, with, with, certainly with the National Hunt Racing, well, obviously the flat as well, but with, with the National Hunt Racing, it's, uh, uh, why not? It, it just makes sense that everyone's playing on the same even keel and, and the likes of the Irish jockeys coming over to Britain. Otherwise, it's yeah. difficult for them because they're not in that system. Them. It's all about having a system and it's conditioning your mind how many you can use and if it's the same everywhere, well, it's again, it's fair. Any, any way that this <clears throat> exercises your members? Do you ever get any emails about the whip, use of the whip from your 8,000 no, members? No, not, not, not hugely. It's not, it's not one that exercises our members um, particularly. But all I will say is, is that you know, the French, the Irish and the English have got to work on this because yeah. we are the last bastion <clears throat> of national hunt racing. It, it, it doesn't really exist anywhere else in the world like it does with us. So it's for us to, to make sure that that perception and that welfare piece really is looked after. Yeah. OK, that's uh, the harmonisation of whip rules, which seems to be coming together this week. Uh, Watson is, of course, Tom Watson, Labour Party Deputy Leader, Neil Channing, who mm. this week has suggested that a Labour government might curb stakes on horse racing. That strikes fear into my heart. <laughs> well, obviously, Tom Watson not content with... Uh, uh, hacking me off by uh, trying to uh, do as much as he can to dislodge Labour in the polls, has decided to try and <laughs> pee me off in another way uh, this week. Yeah, he was making a speech to the IPPR, uh, who are a think tank, uh, and he was suggesting, uh, possibly rightly, that the 2005 uh, Gambling Act, which was a Labour uh, piece of legislation, has not kept up with modern times because we now have much more internet gambling than we did in 2005, or certainly in the years leading up to that when they were preparing the Act. Uh, and um, we've had all the thing about FOBTs and we've reduced the stakes to £2 now, uh, but of course the argument uh, of some people is to say, well hang on a minute, you know, I can easily go online and lose unlimited amounts 
uh, playing uh, roulette or whatever. Uh, and during the speech, he, he also brought in sports gambling and horse gambling as saying, well, you know, we need to be careful about that kind of thing. Now, I mean, uh, you know, Tom Watson, he's the deputy uh, leader of the Labour Party and he's the spokesman uh, on culture, media and sport. But he's a long way from... Uh, ending up being the Minister for Culture, Media and Sport. Well, um, he's a long way from being the Minister of Secretary of State for anything <laughs> if Jeremy Corbyn becomes Prime Minister. Uh, well, he may not wish to have Tom Watson in his cabinet, as possible. So it's, 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 it's no guarantee that anything's going to actually happen. But I think from the industry point of view, uh, Richard Flint of Sky Betting and Gaming and uh, also um, somebody from William Hills uh, came out and, and kind of welcomed it because I think they feel like they didn't lead on the front foot with Fobbities and they were they were sort of beaten into submission and told what to do. And I think they realised that it's better if you clean your own house up and don't let somebody else come and meddle. So um, I think there is a general feeling that they're going to the bell's gone, hasn't it? That they're going to work. You know, they're going to work on this as an industry. And I, I, there's been some positive noises. It's it's not a disaster. OK, let's move on and talk about Brexit again. But more specifically this time, uh, one of Europe's leading thoroughbred shipping agencies is in limbo over how it will operate if the UK leaves the EU on March the 29th, which it probably won't. Uh, Kevin Needham said the company had advised clients not to move any horses to the EU in the first two weeks of April, which is quite worrying when you think about what that entails. The tripartite agreement, which allows free movement of racehorses between the UK, Ireland and France, ceases to apply uh, following Brexit. So, Charlie, how worried should we be about this? Well, I think we should all be worried. I don't think not just going to affect us in the street, but, but as an entire country. Um, we are very close to government as an industry on this, I'm pleased to say, and we've been working very closely with the Irish and French on this, both here and in Brussels. Um, and the fact that we have been working that closely with them and the fact that we have been helping them write the policy mm -hmm. and we're still unclear kind of tells you everything that we know as a country mm. about what is or isn't going to happen as, but just, as Brexit. Just to clarify, this, this, is, this is in terms of an, if there's a no-deal Brexit. Yeah, this is which a, is, is a no-deal Brexit. This which, is, which has kind of drifted to kind of eight to one in the exchange market now due to the things that we're going through last week. Yeah, but this, this we'll is, this is, the, the issue here is the customs union. Yeah. If you crash out of the customs union, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. issue. So okay. lots being made about how from a health mm. perspective yeah. it's fine because they'll accept horses in terms of their health mm. status between the three countries, yeah. no issue. This is border control and this is, a, yeah, this okay. is a customs issue over which we have far less control. Far less control, absolutely. And, and, and it's going to be potentially a real, a real problem, absolutely. And it's not just the transport of, of racehorses from my members' perspective, but all the broodmares um, and young stock that is, that, that, that's transported as well. It, it potentially could be a very, very big problem, yes. So quickly, what's going to happen with Brexit in 17 seconds? Uh, well, we're going to have a load of big votes, aren't we, during Cheltenham, Cheltenham yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, I mean, uh, there's no, there's, we're still in the same situation. There's no majority yeah. in the House for any uh, option, basically. Because nothing's going to happen by March the 29th, is it? Uh, no, it'll be delayed for sure. So Article June 50 will be deferred to June because it can't be later because of the European election. June May's fudge deal. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, who knows? Well, if you don't know, the rest of us are <laughs> completely in the dark. You wanted to talk about staffing, Tim. Yeah, really. Um, there's, there's no question. There's a staffing shortage now. But I think what what slightly frustrates me is that I think as a country. Uh, full stop. There's staffing shortages in every every area, every discipline, and I just feel that the industry can sometimes sell our industry short. Uh, all we ever go on about is the long hours, the unsociable hours, the this, the that. And I just think, look, you know, 
I've been fortunate. I've worked in a different industry. You know, I, I was a chartered surveyor before going into racing, so I've seen how hard everyone works. Work is work. It's hard work. You've just got to graft. That's what life's all about, unfortunately. But we don't sell the positives of, of the racing injury. You know, we have the pleasure of working with these lovely animals. I get up, you know, as I said, I've worked in a, in, in a corporate sort of entity where you go into work, you get in your car, you drive there, you're in an office all day. Now I have the pleasure of seeing animals progress and mature and, and go to the sales and different things, and the staff have that journey with those horses. And it's, it's, it is a great, great industry, and I just feel that we seem to continually, you look at the racing post, oh, it's, it's this, it's that. It's always so negative. And I just think if you plant that seed enough, everyone becomes to think it's negative. There's no need for that, really. You know, they are comparatively now, we are paying staff as an industry as much as any other industry at mm. that level of, of ed- education that they've derived, I suppose, um, and, the, you know, the level they're at. So I don't see why we sell it so short. There are so many positives uh, in, in the sport and the staff do such a good job don't get me wrong they work so hard and you know mm. it's all about unity and you know fortunately in our yard we, we get together and there are long days and it's hard but why do we sell it mm. that it's so poor you, it's interesting you say that because you've come from outside the industry initially this is not the only job where people have antisocial hours not. long hours difficult hours work weekends there's so many jobs as, like that. as I, I say mean. as I say to my guys where do you go when you, when you finish evening stables yeah. when you don't want to work at five o'clock because you want to get dressed up to go out on a Saturday night who's serving you drinks who's serving you food it's we all got to work. Who's logging on betting on the football on a Saturday <laughs> night? <laughs> oh no she's made it again I mean I'm I'm her biggest fan and she's broken the record for most consecutive wins and she'd already broken the record for most grade ones and just about everything else. But um, Winks has broken the record for appearances on this, on this list as well. Um, what now for this great mayor? A few more exhibition rounds. Are you bothered by the fact she's just turning up and beating six of her own stable I, companions? I did wake up at 4.30 this morning to read the last seven racing posts so that I was on top of my brief for mm-hmm. this morning. Um, I didn't set the alarm for Winks the other day, sorry. Is that bad? I don't, I don't even watch it anymore, really. I, I mean, sure, it's lovely, and Debbie seems great, and she really enjoys it, and they're winning loads of money. Good luck to them. Uh, I'm not that bothered. But that in itself is a slightly damning indictment, isn't it? Of the fact amazing. that you it can is. get kind of winks fatigue. Were you up at 4.30 in the morning? I wasn't, it? but... but There I, you go! I, I, <laughs> but but, but, but she is the most amazing mayor, and she can, beat, she can only beat what's put in front of, of her. Of course, of course. And again, we get back to that dreadful word perception, but wow... I'm what is she doing for Australian I'm, racing I'm, to get the new the next? I'm not denigrating you know. the performances. I mean, I think you know it's great and everything. Yeah. Like the, key, that. the key to it is to have an athlete that can has the constitution, the mental uh, strength, and and uh, the ability to do what she's done. That is what's incredible about it all. And you've just got to admire in in awe of that. You know, we look at Altios and, and quarter stars, these type of horses. What makes them different is their longevity, their ability to stay in one piece, continually go to the sword and keep taking on. I just think we need to admire her. It's as simple yeah. as that. She's and just a phenomenal achievement. Actually, if you had a, a sort of class six, class five horse who could win that many races, they would be some sort of folk hero. Absolutely. The value you can do it at that level is yeah. pretty insane. And exactly. you look at the ROA Awards last year and all those... You know, I think Roy Rocket Rocket Roy mm. beat a, a Royal Ascot Group One winner to the prize. It's fantastic, mm. absolutely fantastic. Um, those were the rest of this week's uh, talking points. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Al Basti Dubai.